0: It's what scares me about ever working for a company that's not Hispanic-based, right? Because I, I find such a sense of culture and, like, family where I work because we understand each other. And people who have left the company have come back. I had, a, I had my, my, my boss now. She used to work at BuzzFeed. My boss before that, she was working at Snapchat. All came back. All those free snacks. <laughs> didn't, didn't add up to the to this culture and this feeling that you have like we we treat each other like family even through the whole pandemic we've been keeping in touch and like sending each other jokes and whatnot but as far as the culture itself like we just we relate and that's the most important part it, it does make you feel like you don't have to hide any part of yourself right <laughs>
1: That was a clip from today's episode. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. Before we get into the full episode, just want to give a big shout out to you all for listening. Just want to say thank you and welcome to the Through Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. This week's episode, we have a proud, hoop-wearing, curly-haired Dominicana from the Bronx. Oh, shout out to Carmery Trinidad. Garmetti lives for media entertainment, specifically content that targets Latinos. Since joining Univision's Partner Solutions team, her drive and knowledge of the Hispanic market have led her from assistant all the way to marketing manager in a matter of just three short years. Through her work, Carmeri is passionate about partnering with brands to create innovative award-winning campaigns that give a voice to her community. Outside of the office, she enjoys exhausting workout sessions, cuddling with her fur baby, Biggie, and exploring new places through the lens of her camera. Let's just get into the episode, though. I'm really excited to share this with you all. Okay. Let's uh, let's get started with authenticity. Like, it's such a buzzword. Everyone's telling you to be yourself, either your parents, friends, people at work, like, but it means different things to different people so what does it mean yeah. to you and what does it look like for you
0: uh, I mean everybody's like be authentic and I'm like do you really want me to be myself because I'll show you myself right now <laughs> but um, I think to me mostly is is because it means so much to everybody right like such it's such it's open to such different interpretation but I think it's just that general feeling of not having to censor yourself right of not having to Second guess what you're going to say or what you're going to do around certain people or in a certain situation. Right. So just being being able to freely do things without thinking of like, oh, shit, there's going to be some sort of consequence to that.
1: Right. But when you say censorship, like, what do you mean? Because that can mean so many different things. It can mean like what you say, how you look like what, what comes to mind when you think about like censoring yourself.
0: All of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, So one of my biggest problems is not necessarily what I say, it's how I say it. Mm -hmm. That Bronx, New Yorker comes out and I don't hear it because to me, I'm hearing myself, right? Like to me, it's normal, but somebody hears it and they're like, oh, this girl's abrasive. She's a little much. And I was like, what? I I didn't even mean it that way. Like I'm shocked, what do you mean? Um, So as far as like how I say certain things, even in the way I dress, like, We've talked about this before where I'm very curvy. So but I need from sales. <laughs> will be wearing the same exact skirt I'm wearing, but I'm the one that gets called out for it, right? Like I've seen situations like that. So having to think about like, oh, what am I gonna wear? Because are people gonna see it as something sexual provocative? And in reality, it's not because it's like a skirt like down to here, but perception, right?
1: That's crazy. I've heard that so many times, but it's, I mean, we've spoken about this before, right? Like you probably get it from both sides. Women probably look at you like, Oh, like what the hell is she wearing. That outfit is so tight and blah, blah, blah. But then you get it from the male side as well. You probably get the male gaze in, and they probably look at you in a sexual way. right? <laughs> right
0: so I went to the beach on Saturday and my baby was a little much,
1: but What's my a friend was of like, much?
0: a little much, you know, <laughs> my friend was like, Yo, everybody's staring at you and I was like, oh God, they're probably like, look at this, look at this girl, look at this girl. He was like, nah, it's probably like the guy's staring and the girl's probably criticizing like, oh, why is she showing off so much? And the guys are probably like, damn, me <laughs> oh. I mean, it's what makes you comfortable, right? At this point, I'm not bothered by the stares. I'm not doing it for the stares, don't get me wrong, but um, comes with the territory, right? Being self-aware. And how people see you, whether it is about how you dress or how you express yourself and just being able to be comfortable with that, right? Because if you're not, then I think that's where that, some of that censorship comes in, because you're scared of what people are going to say, or what people are going to think of you.
1: Yeah. Haters are going to hate. You show it off, that's, girl.
0: That um, mm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's crazy, because I feel like sometimes like hearing the word censorship, like sometimes we probably do it to ourselves. But then other times we're probably forced to do it because of some policy, right? Yeah. Um, like, what are what were some times where you felt like you just did it yourself? Like, no one actually said anything, but you maybe just, like, self-consciously are probably thinking, like, oh, i are probably going to say something. Let me just, like, not do this.
0: Yeah, I mean, even back to, like, the way that I dress, right? Going to the office and I'm aware of it being a professional setting and all that, but there's times that it's, like... Even if I wear sweatpants, I can't cover up (laughs) the shape of my body, right? So it's gotten to that point where I'm like, damn, what, what can I do? What can I wear to kind of play it down? Because I feel sometimes like people may stare at me and think certain things. And so at work is where I try to be more careful with that. And there's been times where I wear a skirt and it's pretty long, but it is tight fitting. And I'm like, oh my God, I need a cardigan. I need something to cover up like how much is showing. Because right. then, like, even I get to the office, and like some of my friends at the office will be like, damn, Cam, your ass is out of control today. And I'm like, oh thank you, but no, don't tell me that because now I'm gonna have to cover up.
1: So that's crazy because right, your friends are, are probably saying you in such a positive way, right? They're like, Oh girl, you looking good. And for you, it's like, oh, they noticed.
0: I'm like, I am, but then HR is gonna notice too. <laughs>
1: no facts what about what about hr though or other people like have they ever like obviously you probably get the positive feedback but have you ever gotten any anything negative like oh maybe you should wear something a little bit more baggy so
0: not not specifically from somebody who was like calling me out like oh mm, that's not appropriate for the office more yeah. so um so i was having a conversation with somebody at the office kind of like some guidance right and it wasn't a super unrelated topic but it was it was mostly about like the way you express yourself and where you're from and where you grew up right so like i'm from the bronx and he came from a similar upbringing so he's had kind of that similar feedback on how he behaves and how people perceive him so we're talking about all that and he was like yeah you might also want to be careful with the way you dress and you know the tight skirts and this and that like people might look at it a certain way and i was just like tough you know because even though i just said like i have censored myself sometimes because i do feel a little bit self-conscious it's a battle that i fight because i tell myself why why it's not my fault that you see me in a sexual way that's on you because if you think about it it's the way that i am i can't change that i can't change the shape of my body even if i lose 40 pounds that curve is still gonna be there so (laughs) It was just like, you have to learn which, which, which battles to fight, right? And that's not a battle I care to fight. That's something that is always gonna be an issue, maybe for others, because I feel very blessed. I am happy yeah. with all this. <laughs> but I'm just like, that's, that doesn't detract from my work, you know? So the, let my work speak for itself. And if you feel a certain way about my outfit, like that's a personal issue.
1: I love that. Yeah, like, but I'm sure it wasn't always like that, though. Like, how did you get to that point where you are so comfortable and just, I don't really care what people say. I don't really care what people think. I'm going to dress however I want to dress. Like, did you ever get, did you ever get to a point where you just like, maybe I should change the way I shop or maybe I should like change my outfit or like, did you have those thoughts?
0: Not necessarily around the clothes. I think it was a general mindset, right? Because even in my personality and like the way that I express myself, I've had several instances at work where it's like, ooh, Carmary is is a little difficult to work with. And so, like, the way that I perceive it is it's not that I'm difficult to work with. It's just that I challenge certain things that I don't agree with Mm -hmm. and I speak up about that. Whereas other people won't. They'll be like, okay, sure, I'll go ahead and do it. And I'm like, um, like, If I find something that needs to be tweaked or maybe we should do it a little differently or that I don't agree with how you want to approach it, I'm going to say that, right? But back to the way about how I may say certain things, some people may perceive it as like, oh, she's being difficult. And it's like, mm, maybe I should have said it a little differently, but I still stand by what I said, right? Mm-hmm. So it just got to a point that I tried to tone it down. I tried to be very self-conscious about the things that I said and how I said it. And I still do, right? Because I'm not saying like, oh, I'm just going to go ahead and like be a hundred, <laughs> like a time and a place for everything. But I tried it their way. Didn't work either. You know, that there was a there was an instance at the office with, with this girl and she was kind of rubbing me the wrong way. And I was like, you know what, Kim? Don't be that person. If you say something, you're gonna come out your neck. Say something stupid, it's gonna be a problem. So don't say anything. Guess who still got in trouble?
1: You. Hmm? For what though? Well, what happened?
0: Someone still came to me and told me that you that you made her feel unwelcome.
1: <laughs>
0: so I'm damn if I do, damn if I don't. And that's when it got to the point that I was like, yo, I can't win no matter what I do. So I'm gonna just stop trying to win there. Like, I'm here to work. I'm not, and listen, I've been at my company for four years now. I'm in my third position, promotion after promotion. Like, say what you want about maybe how I may express myself, but I'm doing something right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it just got to the point that I was like, I cannot please everybody. And it's causing me more of a headache to have to be so self-conscious to please people. I'm gonna just be me.
1: Yo, that resonates with me. That resonates That's with me. My life. <laughs> that resonates with me so much. I had this incident too, where like I, very rarely would I get someone that says anything about how I dress, but there was one incident where like you, someone on my team was saying something, and legit, all I said was I disagree, just like that. I was like, I disagree, and they're like, oh, why do you disagree? And I was like, you know, X, Y, reason, and they were like, all right, and it got into this whole like whole argument and i just kept saying like i disagree because of like a x y and z like it's okay if we don't agree like it's okay but they, it was so shocking to them that like someone disagreed with them that mm-hmm. it got into this like big fuss and apparently like i got after that incident i was labeled as aggressive because i was being loud I was being loud. And it's funny, because at the time, I was like, yo, why would they call me aggressive? Being I being loud. Aggressive. This
0: is my normal volume. <laughs> Just...
1: <laughs> yo, that too. But it's funny. I actually went to actually, um, well, I go to therapy every week. But in one of my therapy sessions, I was telling my therapist about that incident. Um, and, and she was like, Pavel, like, were you actually being loud as far as your tone? And I was like, you know what, I probably was being loud. And she, she broke it down to me. She was like, well, have, have you ever felt unheard by your teammates? And I was like, yo, all the time. I'd be saying shit. They don't listen. Five minutes later, someone else says something, and then they listen to them. And I'm just like, oh my God. I'm, like, yo, <laughs> I just. Are we the
0: same person <laughs> every
1: time, right? It's, yo, I was. It's, yeah, it's, yo. And
0: it makes me want to just like, I'm going to stay quiet because I speak up and y'all not listening. So, pa que hablo?
1: exactly. But what she told me always stuck with me. She was like, people that yell are are trying to use. Like that's the voice of the unheard. Like the reason why we're being loud potentially is because we've gone unheard so often, where we feel like we have to yell for someone to listen.
0: The Dominicans haven't been heard their whole lives.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's happened to you too, though.
0: All the time, all the time. Somebody will say something, and I'm like, "Yo, did I not just say that?" Like, hello.
1: Do you think it has to do? Do you think it has to do anything with you being? Um, like a woman, a Latina, or do you think it's just, like, team dynamics? Like, what do you think, like, carries into that?
0: I don't even know, to be honest, because I think for me, so I, my entire career so far has been in the Hispanic space, right? Mm-hmm. So I know and I've heard of all these challenges people face feeling like they're the minority in their company, and I don't right. feel that way because my entire career, I've been surrounded by people just like me, Right. right. And more so in New York, like everybody in the New York office is like Dominican or Puerto Rican or whatever. And then you've got the Miami office that's like Cuban, right? So I'm not like the outsider. Um, As far as women, there's nothing but women on my team. So like, I couldn't even explain where it comes from.
1: That's so interesting. I wish
0: I knew because I'm like, (laughs) I would like to be heard.
1: (laughs) Yo, that's so fascinating because your situation for me like I've always been the minority in the office, and I've always been like, "Yo, what if the whole office was Latinos and Latinas? Like, oh, none of this it? shit would none <laughs> of this shit would happen." But you, but from your point of view, like, some of these things still happen, though.
0: Things still happen. My my biggest um, what I've picked up on at work is not so much cultural upbringing, right? Because we all share that similarity. I think it's more so like geographical location. Okay. So you've got people. That grew up in Long Island, you've got people that grew up in Miami. So, like, your surrounding, I feel like, brings out something different in you. And I feel like my issue has been oh, that girl from the Bronx. Mm -hmm. And nobody has said it directly to my face, but I always like in little nuances and things that people say, and like they don't wanna say it out loud, but I pick up on it and it's like, oh, so you're telling me to dial down the ghettoness, And even my friends playing around, like they'll say it as a joke. And I'm not necessarily offended by it, but it just brings to light that truth. It's a cam. Leave the Bronx in the Bronx. And I'm like, oh, OK. And again, it's wow. coming from my friends, and it's, it, it's in that way that I'm not offended by it. But I'm like, if you're thinking it and you're my friend, somebody else is thinking it, and they're just not saying it to me. So I think mm-hmm. that's been my biggest like issue in the workplace. I don't want to be labeled
1: as that ghetto girl. I've actually, I've actually, I was working on a, um, a PowerPoint presentation one day and somebody, somebody told me like, those slides look ghetto. Can you fix them? And I was like, that's
0: what is ghetto? Please describe this to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, was that just a bad choice of words or like, did she really say that to me? But. Like it's interesting, like you mentioned the word ghetto um, and in correlation to probably like how many times like people mentioned the Bronx, like what, is the, what does the Bronx mean to you? Like how do you see the Bronx versus like, how do you think people, people see the Bronx to you? Yeah.
0: Yo, I can't tell you the number of memes people send to me like, oh, the Bronx is, women for the Bronx, the toughest men I know. And I'm like, damn, why are you not doing Bronx? Like, that? like what does the Bronx ever do to you? <laughs> I get all the Bronx memes. I'm like, damn, do you not know anybody else that lives in the Bronx? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like in New York, the Bronx is considered like the worst borough, like the forgotten borough, the dirty borough, right? And I hate that perception. I'm just like, okay, we haven't been gentrified just yet, because we're further away from Manhattan. we're not, I don't consider us to be the worst. Like to me, I'm very proud of the fact that I grew up in the Bronx. Um, and I like that I can exist in different worlds, right? So we've we talked about this one. I, there's Latin Grammy cam, you know where I'm going. There's Latin Grammy cam and there's like Marina cam.
1: <laughs> or Cafe <laughs> Nunez cam.
0: <laughs> Cafe <Nunes>. There's Ankles <laughs> cam and there's Red Carpet cam. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that, just we're going to leave it right there. Uh, But I can exist in those different worlds, and I know how to act in those worlds, right? Um, People come into the Bronx. I have had friends of mine who aren't from here come around. And I remember one time, like, we we went to a game at Yankee Stadium, and we were coming back to my house because homegirl lived in Long Island. Um, she's like, I might as well just stay over at your house. we in the Bronx and we'll just go to work the next morning. We're going down to the subway and rats just run across. And she said, this is why I don't come to the Bronx.
1: Come on, that's everywhere in New York.
0: <laughs> but people see it as gross and dirty. And, and I think one of my worst experiences with how people see the Bronx was a roommate of mine in, in college. She was, um color-deficient, like,
1: <laughs> Mixing some- some melanin?
0: <laughs> Just a tad. From, like, South Jersey. <laughs> um, and I went to Rutgers, so Rutgers had a football game versus, like, the Army team, I think it was, and they did it at Yankee Stadium. Uh, so her friend had a car, and we all drove down. And I didn't really have a ton of friends back then. This was the beginning of, like, my first year at Rutgers. So I was like, right not? Let me hang out with my roommate, sure. And we drove down to the Bronx as we're driving through like Northern Jersey, they had stopped by like a gas station. And she was like, Oh my God, this is so sketchy. I hate driving through here. Like I always felt like I'm going to get shot driving through here. And like, I also lived in North Jersey for a bit. Like I I lived in Union City for a while. So I was like, I just didn't say anything because we're in the car. I'm with her people. I'm like, not the time and the place for an argument, but I was offended by that. Then we get to the Bronx. That is home to me and they paid God knows how much for parking because they wouldn't trust parking their car anywhere else because you think automatically because you're coming to the Bronx somebody's, somebody's gonna break into your car and so I was like Beth you in in the matter of like an hour you just offended every single place that I identify as home like mm-hmm. is that how, how you view me right and so like I didn't I didn't say much to her in the moment but after that it was an argument. And like, we never spoke after that,
1: because
0: I was genuinely offended. Like, I don't, I don't feel that way about where I'm from. I completely understand that there's certain neighborhoods here that are not the best. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, so I do take offense sometimes to like how people view the Bronx. I'm just like, y'all make it seem like nothing good can come from here. And I think that's because of that perception of the Bronx is that perception that carries on into anybody that's from here.
1: And it's interesting too, cause you're in a position at work or you've been in positions at work where you're not just like behind the desk, right? Like you said, you'd be going to Latin Grammys and you'd be like meeting and greeting people. I'm sure people ask you where you're from, right? Like I've had someone else on the on the podcast and for a, for a minute, like not that she was ashamed of being from the Bronx, but she didn't want to say outright that she was from the Bronx because she didn't want them to like devalue like everything else that she brought to the table. like. Yeah she thought that they would put that perception over like all these other things in her life. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, do you find yourself sometimes not necessarily like not being proud, but just like putting it all out there. Like, Hey, this is where I'm from, blah, blah, blah.
0: I don't necessarily put it out there like that, but I also think it's kind of like reading the room. So one of my clients, um, Dominican, she was from the Heights and like I, didn't, I don't think I knew that she was from the Heights immediately, but I knew that she was from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and we clicked instantly. And I was, um, when I first met her, I was an associate manager, right? So I wasn't even at like the front of that campaign. I was just like, support. But we hit it off. Um, she had, there was, there was some issue with the product that wasn't delivered on time. And I was just on it like that. Um, Nothing that Natasha was on set. So then like the whole Dominican vibe just came out. Um, and then, like, the next year, I was officially, like, starting to manage and lead on that account, and she happened to go into the office for a bigger, like, brands meeting, and I wasn't there. So, the following meeting, she was like, if I wouldn't know that you weren't there, like, ¿pa like, like we're homies. And after that, when I was, like, in front of the whole campaign for, like, Prima Juventud, her and I were like this, like she respected me. Right. So I think it just kind of goes to show like, don't be ashamed of where you're from. Cause sometimes that might be a connection with somebody, you know, Love it's that. not, you might be that person that like, you may not see a lot of representation mm-hmm. of yourself around you be that representation. Cause somebody else might pick up on it and be like, Oh, that's dope. Right. And so even like kids and whatnot, they'll look up to you.
1: Yeah.
0: I had an instance where, um, We have this program. This is program junior achievement. I don't know if you've heard of it,
1: but Univision works with
0: them. um, And it's kind of like they're taught like these life lessons, right, these lessons around like real life values and and skills in school. You learn math and English and science, but like this was like real world like resume stuff and careers. Um, So it was like a class of like fifth graders, I think it was, and I was teaching them this whole lesson for the day and the school just so happened to be in the Bronx. And I can't tell you the number of kids that I felt like they didn't have this, this positive force in their life, right? We had certain questions like this workbook that they had to go through and they were, they were like, name three positive things that a sibling, that a parent would say about you. And some of these kids couldn't even say that
1: wow and
0: i was like yo these kids don't have that influence in their life like a lot of these kids probably don't even know the opportunities that would be available to them and honestly like i spent that whole day just like trying my hardest to relate to them i was like yo i walked here today i live around here and look at me where i am now like i do this for work xyz like i went to college Just did whatever like just trying to share my story in an enthusiastic way for them to be like oh, my God, like, there is more than what I'm seeing around me, right? Because people, mm. what is the saying? Um, if you knew better, you'd do better. Like, yeah. some of your kids just don't know better. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important also to share a story because if you're, if you're being yourself, you might inspire somebody else to be themselves also.
1: Yeah. I love doing those those events. I think, I think another saying, too, that's close to that is, uh, like, you can, you can only be what you can see. So, like, these kids, if they never saw someone that looked like you walk in, they probably never knew that they could work at a company where you work at or yeah. do, like, the type of work that you can do. Yo, honestly, those events are my favorite. It's so we funny. even brought
0: doing- we them to the office, and they are like... Yeah. And when I was <laughs> there, I never saw things like that, you know? But, I mean, here I am. It wasn't, like, I I had parents who, like, pushed me to to, to do good in school and to find opportunities and things, things like that. And even though they probably couldn't help me as much because they didn't understand it because they didn't have those opportunities out here. Like, at least I had that influence. I think it's so dope to like pass on what you have in your life.
1: I love it. It's um, That representation is so important too. And going back, going back to like all these experiences where you've worked, yo, can you give me like a sneak peek of like what it's like to work with so many people that probably look like you? Like there's the bad things, right? Potentially that are in every company, right? but i'm sure there are some like some dope stuff like you walk in and like yo what you do this weekend y'all were
0: right it's what scares me about ever working for a company that's not hispanic based right because i i find such a sense of culture and like family where i work because we understand each other and people who have left the company have come back I had, a, I had my 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 boss now. She used to work at BuzzFeed. My boss before that, she was working at Snapchat. All came back. All those free snacks <laughs> didn't didn't add up to the to this culture and this feeling that you have. Like we we treat each other like family. Even through the whole pandemic, we've been keeping in touch and like sending each other jokes and whatnot. But uh, as far as the culture itself, like we just we relate, and that's the most important part. It it does make you feel like you don't have to hide any part of yourself, right? And when well, we do cafe, I do cafe too, I used to, God.
1: Back, yeah, yeah. back
0: before March, so we do like cafecito, things like that. If anybody ever went to like their home country, always bringing back the treats and whatnot. And like, we all know what they are. It's not like, oh, what is this random little <laughs> snack? <laughs> Everybody just knows um, when we have like, little random like family type get-togethers like, oh, let's have an ending of summer celebration. And it was, I didn't, I didn't. So my last company, my department was Hispanic, but the entire company wasn't. Mm. And the feeling was just not the same.
1: What was it, what was it like? Like what was different about it?
0: It was just very dry. (laughs) Everything was (laughs) no flavor. Everything was just straight up about about work. And gatherings were like wine and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> no, give me a tequeño, give me a patelito.
1: Wait, so I'm, assume, I'm assuming, because cause it's like this for me, right? Like in my job, most of the people there are not Hispanic. Like maybe 5% of the population is Latino or Latina. Then there's like another 5% that's Black. So we have employee resource groups within within the company that... It's, like, the Latin act group, the Black act group, the Pride act group. And those get-togethers lit. Yeah. All of them lit. But you have, like, the bigger company get-togethers, and they're okay. But it's not the same, like, when you around your own people, right? So yeah. was it was it more like that? Like, the little smaller groups were lit, but at your not company now... In,
0: in that company, we didn't even have that. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's part of the reasons why I left. Like, I just didn't feel content with the culture there. And so it's funny, like, at Univision now, because we are all Hispanic, with the ERGs that we have are not related to that, right? Like, we have, like, the women's one, we have the LGBTQ one, we have, like, uh. the young professionals one, so, like, that's what we call Emerge, and emerges lit. We're always throwing some sort of party at the office. Um, <laughs> but even, like, the company-wide celebrations, like, the past two years that we had Christmas parties, lit.
1: I can't even imagine what that's like. Is, is it-
0: Come through, we'll accept you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> is it is it just like Spanish music the whole time? Like, I can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before, oh my God, I remember one year, I guess we have the, the company wasn't there. We didn't have the budget for like an out-of-office holiday party. <laughs> Whatever the reason was, but the party was at the office itself. Let me tell you how I was at the office until like 9 p.m because <laughs> we just kept partying
1: <laughs> that's so we're
0: dope and we're still upstairs drinking dancing
1: that's I'm, so I'm, dope
0: i'm very blessed in, in that sense it's That's so, so dope to
1: me i've always I'm, wanted to i'm
0: terrified of like going anywhere where that type of culture does not exist
1: yo i, I don't even i did not even know what that would be like i've always wanted to do it maybe maybe one day i'll uh i'll pull a plug for like a few years um you got the snacks i got <laughs> <In> the the <milk. laughs> um you yeah, know it's crazy though when we were talking about just like company culture i mean obviously like there's all these amazing things of like you know not not having to feel like you aren't going to be accepted like people already know what the deal is right um but it's interesting like within like a sort of company like that there's still the ageism there's still potentially the sexism, there's still like colorism. Um, and what's fascinating to me is that at the company, all the, let's call them individual contributors, aren't white, right? like you said, right? They're all Hispanic, they're all Latino, Latina. But at the top, top, it's a bunch of white people. Like, is that weird?
0: Um, so I feel like, like I see what you mean. Um, and it is true. In, in some sense, I feel like we have a nice balance at, at Univision. Like I've seen some of the higher ups, for like the C-suite be very color deficient. <laughs> um, but like so many of like the SVPs and people up there, like are, are people that just like you and me. So I don't feel like it's like all these other companies where it's like the high, the higher ups are super blanquitos. Um, but I know what you mean, right? Like the pre- our president of sales, our CEO, all those people up there, like you would think that the company was owned by somebody, our new CEO coming in tambien, like he's, he's not even Hispanic. So like that to me, when I first saw those things, I was like, this is Univision though, like why, why is somebody Hispanic not up there? Um, but honestly, like I can also say that about the company. I do, I do feel like we have a good mix of representation And honestly like with all this talk about diversity to me at univision i'm like what does diversity look like to us because if you think about it we're what everybody else considers to be diverse so in our case isn't a blanquito diverse here
1: that's interesting that's really interesting yeah because if you really think about it like univision wouldn't be diverse right because it's all one culture or like right One stuff that's interesting i didn't think about that
0: so now there's been a lot of like
1: hire more hire more white people where the white people at
0: it's not not even that so there there's been conversation around diversity in the workplace right and this is like industry-wide right this is Mm -hmm. like worldwide not even just in this industry because everything that's happening everybody's talking about diversity and culture and all that stuff and we've even had that conversation But nobody wants to say what diversity is.
1: What do you think it is?
0: I mean, when all these conversations came about, it's because of Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. So I think also a lot of our audience complains about our on-air talent. We don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of Moronitos. We don't. Mm -hmm. We work. We have a relationship with Televisa, so it kind of trickles down that way. That a lot of our talent is Mexican, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So to me, I was like, when we were having all these diversity conversations, I was like, if you mean black, just say that. But they also don't want to be the ones to say that out loud. It's kind of like, come on, guys, you all know what diversity means. But I was like, do we? Because if you ask me, I'm diverse. If you ask anybody else outside of Univision, I'm diverse. Yeah. I'm like, I was very curious, and I still kind of think about it, like, when push comes to shove and these policies are put into place around workplace diversity and all that like what does that really look like in a company that's already diverse right that's so conversation.
1: No, no but to your point i mean i think it's around like diversity of thought right and even within like latin america or like the caribbean there are people with different hair textures there are people with different skin complexions um, even like Latin America in the Caribbean, there's people from like all these different countries. Right. So if everyone is just Mexican, for example, like that's not good. If everyone is Dominican, that's not good. If everyone is just like Dominican, Puerto Rican, and Mexican, like even that's not good. Right. Like, yeah. so getting people from different, from different, um, countries, getting people from different experiences, maybe like, maybe there's not enough people from, let's just say the Bronx. Like what if everyone in the New York office, you know is what? From a, a lot, what if. What if everyone in the New York offices is from Long Island? Like, they're going to have a certain type of experience that's going to be very different from your So, right? I
0: was just talking to somebody about this, right? And I think that just helps me feel more more valid in my, in what I feel like being my authentic self means to me and all that. Yeah. So, one of my coworkers, we're not in the same department, but, you know, we've, we've worked together on certain things. Um, she's also from the Bronx, and so she posted something the other day about, like, she got a little bit too comfortable at work, these were her words, that she got too comfortable, she kind of like let her guard down and somebody called her ghetto. Whoa. And I was like, yo, I've never had it said to me to my face, but I have that feeling too that people look at me that way. And she was like, what? She was like, honestly, she's like, you light up every room you walk into. You just have this personality that's so necessary, especially in marketing and in the creative space. And that last, at first I was like, oh, thank you. That's so sweet. But that last bit of it, it's like, especially in marketing and in a creative space, because to your point, it's a diversity of thought. If mm-hmm. everybody comes from the same exact place and experience, the mm-hmm. mindset is most likely gonna work exactly the same but coming from different places right coming from different cultures you bring all that together and everybody's able to bring a little bit of something in and so i'm I'm gonna bring the bronx
1: as you should girl yes of course no but it's so true i mean you look at a company i'm just randomly naming a company but you know t-mobile for example right a new iphone comes out they're not just selling to people from long island Right, they're selling. They're trying to sell phones to everybody. So, creating a campaign to only a specific group, right, or only having that perception around like how this group buys, like it's not really going to. don't adventure. want to at
0: your market.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, it's so important. But I think that's how people should think about it too. Yeah, I mean, even even Latinos too. Like, there's this, um, there's like the the white passing Latinos or Latinas. Let's call them as well, right?
0: You know, I don't like that word.
1: I don't know what to call them. I don't know what to call them.
0: I know it's become a term, white-passing Latino. And I'm like, white-passing where? I pass by any Blanquito in one of those ignorant states, and they're going to send me right back to Mexico. So I'm like, just Mm that term, that Mm term itself? hmm?
1: You said that they'll try to send you back? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Because they don't, they think think we're all Mexican, right? But I mean, like, the term white-passing in itself, I don't, i understand what it means it means that i have lighter lighter skin cool but i don't pass as white so i, I, I don't like that terms so i feel like it doesn't make sense anybody who looks at me is never going to think i'm white i have gotten people that think that i'm mixed and that's probably because i have freckles and curly hair and it's kind of like a typical like mixed look but i was like i would never pass as white anywhere.
1: see i don't think you would but there are people that would though like Christina, you don't think she looks white?
0: Christina, like the, the Sarah is that what you're the, talking about? The, t-
1: the talk show host back in the day? <laughs> don't tell oh me she God. don't.
0: Back for that one. I mean, yes, I hear you, but I'm saying the, the way that that term is used so broadly, it's mm. really used to identify anybody who is of lighter skin tones, right?
1: Yeah, like very, like lighter than you and I.
0: Maybe. Well I'm like hella tan right now, but
1: <laughs> show off. <laughs> like there, there I was this... on
0: it this weekend.
1: <laughs> there, there was this uh do you know who Mark Pritchard is?
0: Yes, yes. So we so I was actually yes. on the PNG um like PNG was my client for a bit at Univision, um, and we had a lot of conversation around his initiatives around be more vocal because he used to hide the fact that he was part Mexican.
1: Yeah. But that's one of those situations where like to our earlier point around like the skin complexion, like he can get away with passing quote unquote as a white male. And like no one would question him because he, you know, as society wants to call it, he just didn't quote unquote look Mexican. Yeah. Right. That's more of those situations. I mean, there are other examples of people that like, quote unquote, passes white, but they're Latino or Latina. Um, and that's a privilege to some people, right? Because to your point, like if someone looks at you, like they're automatically assumed that you're mixed or you're Latina. But if they look at him, they won't necessarily assume unless right. he actually mentions it.
0: Yeah, no, I exactly. I saw his
1: picture and I was like, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> this is but other in, looking,
0: one. in looking at him, I wouldn't have thought
1: exactly. Have you Do you know uh, Tony Romo as well?
0: You did post about that a while back, but I
1: forgot what it what he was. Yeah, I mean it's just another example. I can send you the picture after, but yeah, um, I think that well, Tony Romo actually, actually we can talk about that as well because Tony Romo he just goes as Tony Romo. He's a, he's a former quarterback for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. His real name though, in my head I
0: was like, oh,
1: yeah. But if you heard Tony Romo, like at first I really thought he was Italian. I had no idea. His real name is. Uh, is Antonio Ramiro Romo. When you hear that though, it's like, all right, all right I could tell. Like Ramiro. You
0: know what? R- that reminds me. So I had an ex of mine who God. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want to name him, but the purpose of this anecdote is the names, right? So his name was Bradley. His sister's name was Ashley. His other sister's name was Hillary. And he told me that his father said that they specifically were given those names because they were white passing names. Mm-hmm. And he's like part Haitian, so his last name sounded type French. And it's like, if you see his name on a resume, you might have better chances of, because we, we've all seen the stats, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> Now that everybody took it for diversity, I might just have to throw that resume out there. And be like, What's up? <laughs> Does that sound diverse to you?
1: Oh, I feel you. Yo, I used to hate my name. I like it now just because I embraced it, but it took me a while.
0: Pavel.
1: Oh, Pavel, Pavel, yeah. What, what about you, though? Have you, are you, have you always just loved your name? Because I know you go by Cam, right? Like, why do you yeah, go by Cam? Yeah. Um,
0: I've never had an issue with, like, not liking my name. I think it was just that frustration that people couldn't pronounce it. Mm-hmm. So this day, Cam- what do you get? Camry. Camry. I'm like I'm not a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> well, my brother wanted to be an ass, so he would call me camera. Like I- I've heard a lot, and I'm just like, are you illiterate? Like, do you not see the R before the M? Like, where the where did Camry come from? Like, carmary in English, right? Carmery in español.
1: Ooh, I like oh, that. Ooh, how that rolls off the
0: tongue, ooh. <laughs> Carmeri. Everything like, sounds my, better in Spanish. Got, mommy, I got me a really exotic girl, honey, is Carmeri. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Carmeri <laughs> I got though. Pa- so. Yo, Dominican though, Carmeri and Pavel. That would be a uh, Parmeri, Parmeri.
0: Oh, if we, if you and I ever had kids, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Carmeri. <Carmel. laughs> <laughs> okay, it's cool, Cable. Nah, so it's not. I, I've, I've never like loved my name. I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Like, I'm like, mommy, why did you let Poppy name me? You know. But um, no, the nickname was just more so something that kind of came about and it stuck. And yeah. so now
1: I just go by that. Cause if I go to
0: Starbucks oh, and mess up my name one more time, <laughs> it's going to be a scene. <laughs> Some novella scene, throwing coffee in their face.
1: <laughs> it's funny. Someone I told, I told someone that story. Uh, one of, one of my friends, uh, her name is Arlene. I told her, yo, every time I go to Starbucks, a lot of them, I just say, my name is Pablo. Cause I'm tired of messing. I'm tired of them messing it up. And she was like, she said something that always stuck with me. It was um she was like, Babel, if we don't train them to say our names, who will? And she said, um, and someone else told me, like, if someone can say Schwarzenegger, someone can say Babel.
0: Sure. That's true. Yeah. I just don't you feel awkward correcting people sometimes?
1: I used to. Now I feel like I'm training them.
0: There's this lady at the office, bro. I've been she's not new. I'm not new. I've been working for her with her for years now. And there's times when she still gets my name wrong. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm like, bro, you've said my name right in the past. Like, why are you switching it up all of a sudden?
1: Yo, so, is it, it Did you go through this too? Like your name in Spanish? Well, your name was meant to be said in Spanish, right? But did you I, did you feel because like my name is Pavel, right? But no one told me how to say Pavel in English. One day. I just said my name is Pavel. But, like, no one told me how to phonetically say it in English. Yeah. Did you have to figure that out too? I've you always found what? that so weird.
0: I never consciously thought about it, but my little sister calls me Carmary. Like, she mm-hmm. just says it. I, I, I say Carmary. She calls me Carmary. And I'm like, is it is it wrong? It's not how I pronounce it, but I was like, that might be right. I don't know. <laughs> and so I, the way that I say my name in English is how I've chosen to say it you know it's not the correct or incorrect way like it just it was never meant to be said in, in English I exactly. think about that a lot with people who have different names cuz I'm like oh no so people who have very like American names but you know they're Hispanic
1: Like what? and you know their
0: parents don't speak English and I'm like how does your mom say your name?
1: <laughs> like, like, um, uh, your ex's name? What's his name?
0: Yes! Oh my God! So my mom could like never say his name. His name is Bradley. How do you say Bradley in Spanish? Bradley. Bra- Bradley.
1: <laughs> I, sound, I sound, Italian.
0: <laughs> it's <a> me. <meme. laughs> oh God! Homie's gonna hear this podcast and be like, ooh, she's still talking about me.
1: Oh, you got you got high hopes for who's listening to this.
0: <laughs> nah, nah. Not at all.
1: That's so funny. I've so, always thought about that. I'm gonna
0: post this out there thinking that my coworkers are gonna be listening to what I'm saying, trying to be like, ooh, I know she didn't like me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I've always thought about that. Anyway, we don't have we don't have that much time, so I want to ask you uh, this last question. And I think you kind of answered it already, but uh, maybe something else will come up. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, now you're at the point where, first of all, like I love it the fact that you just like this is me. You're embracing all of it. Obviously, like the Bronx jokes will probably never stop, but <laughs> they're coming from friends most of the time. I hope, um, and that's way different than like, someone. else like- <laughs> <you're- laughs> That's true. At least your face so that's way different than like someone that doesn't know you but um as far as like continuing though moving forward like what continues to empower and inspire you to keep being your authentic self
0: um you're right i did touch on it earlier based on the fact that i'm like everybody talks about how much representation matters so i think that if somebody who may not be so sure of themselves and not even kids right somebody who maybe is starting off at the company might look at me and be like oh my god she's somebody who I aspire to be like right? like I had a VP who I felt like was that perfect balance of being from the heights but working in this corporate world right and it's like people always knew that about her. She was the one who would just say things and like whatever came out of her mouth, you're like, yeah, I believe everything you're saying, right? Like she just commanded that respect, but it wasn't a matter, like you can tell she had that different vibe to her, right? But I would look up to her in that sense and I'm like, that's a boss bitch, you know? She's not code switching it, right? There's still, obviously, there's a time and a place for everything, so she was still somebody else outside of work, cause I, was, I would hang out with her outside of work from time to time. in the office she would carry herself a little bit differently but there was still that essence of who she was right like she wasn't trying to obliterate that side of her like just it doesn't exist um so i think about that too about who may be looking at me and maybe getting that strength from me and looking up to that um but also about the fact that like i feel like i've gotten pretty far where i am like I'm, i'm i'm currently a manager at work um And honestly, like, it's gotten to the point that it's like, say what you want to say, but my work speaks for itself. And so that's part of what drives me too, that I'm like, I get work done, right? And at the end of the day, that's what matters. And at the end of the day, my clients love me. So what Furanita from sales may think about me, me da igual, you know? Like, you're you're not who's signing my check. And I know that sounds so like, I guess Bronx of me, but it it is what it is. Like I've I've made it this far and obviously there's things I'm being self-aware of and I want to tweak certain things maybe, or um, I'm in a place for everything. But in in, in a general sense, I've made it this far as I am. Um, And it must be for a reason, right?